Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. You're listening to the Circe Podcast Network. I'm Joshua Gibbs, and this is Proverbial, the podcast where we explore the wisdom of the ages as it comes to us in Proverbs by which I mean wise sayings a man may live by, if he's not so arrogant as to think himself special. Episode 30. Stuck in the Middle. Today's proverb comes from Jules Renard. I'll read it twice. To have a horror of the bourgeois is bourgeois. Once more, to have a horror of the bourgeois is bourgeois. This is a proverb for anyone who has walked around a TJ Maxx or Marshalls or Burlington Coat Factory for half an hour, looking for a present that looks more expensive than it is. This is a proverb for anyone who has been invited over to someone's house for dinner, decided to bring a bottle of wine, and looking, spent time looking, for a $10 bottle of wine that might pass as a $25 bottle of wine. You bring that bottle of Yellowtail, everyone's gonna know it was $8.97. So you wanna find something a little bit more obscure that's also $8.97, but which does not broadcast $8.97. I think the word bourgeois has a lot of different meanings. And all these meanings may or may not show up if you were to look it up on Webster's. But I do think that bourgeois is one of those words like 
work or force or nature. If you've ever looked up any of those words um, in a dictionary, you've seen they all have 15, 20, 25 different meanings. And I think that the word bourgeois is the same way. Regardless of what the dictionary says, depending on its usage, the tone of voice in which it's spoken, it can mean a dozen different things. I became acquainted with the concept of bourgeois before I encountered the word. It takes a while for a child to understand the concept of rich. It's probably easier for a child to understand the concept of death than the concept of rich. I have two daughters, one eight, one ten, and they both understand death because they've seen dead animals before. And they understand death in the abstract because death is a common feature in fairy tales, stories, books of all sorts. But they don't really understand the concept of money. Money is actually harder to grasp than death. Now, before I go further, I want to make something clear, which is that I have absolutely nothing against the rich. I am too big of a fan of Edmund Burke to have anything against the rich. And Burke was a man who believed it was safer for society if most wealth remained in the capable hands and custody of a few families, rather than for wealth to be broadly, evenly distributed across society. One man can accomplish more with a thousand dollars than a thousand men can accomplish with one dollar each. It's kind of a basic synopsis of Burke's thought. And of course that principle has to be tempered by common sense. But Burke believed that common sense was the god of this lower world, as he says somewhere. It might be hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Although I should say, I'm finding it sufficiently difficult myself. And I live in a 600 square foot apartment and owe the federal government five figures on some student loans. So I'm not pointing any fingers here. Nonetheless, rich people have their foibles and idiosyncrasies. And so do the middle class. And so do the poor. And what I mean by that is it's easy to make fun of poor people. But it's also easy to make fun of rich people. And it's easy to make fun of middle class people as well. And when I say it's easy to make fun of rich people, I mean it's easy to make fun of the richness of rich people. The poorness of poor people. And the middleness of middle class people. But the middle class has a different sort of relationship with mockery than the rich or the poor do. Middle class people can lose their minds when they are mocked. The rich and the poor deal with it much better. 
And besides, in our society, mocking the rich is de rigueur. It's so easy. It's passé. Mocking the poor, on the other hand, is thought very uncouth. The mockery of the middle class is really where it's at, especially if you're a stand-up comic or you write for the Washington Post or the New York Times. Uh, but as I was saying earlier, I first encountered the concept of bourgeois when I was 15 or 16. This was the mid-90s. At that time in my life, I was absolutely fascinated by British rock bands like Blur and Oasis and The Verve. And I was a sophomore in high school when I heard the song Common People by Pulp for the first time. Now, I suspect for most listeners, Common People by Pulp is not ringing any bells. You've never heard of it, probably. That's because you're American. In England, common people might have a meaning somewhat comparable to what smells like teen spirit by Nirvana means to people who are in their 30s or 40s in America now. Common People is a song with a sort of plot, and it begins with a poor young man meeting a rich young girl in a bar. And the girl is Greek, and she is studying sculpture at St. Martin's College. And she strikes up a conversation with this poor guy at the bar, and when the conversation is just starting, she says, I want to live like common people. And so the poor young man takes this as a kind of challenge and says, okay, let me give you a tour of my life. And this is all within the, the narrative of the song, within the verse of the song. So the first place he takes her is to a supermarket. And they walk around a supermarket and he says, pretend you've got no money and you have to go shopping. From there, he takes her, uh, presumably dancing at some kind of dive bar, back to his apartment, pool hall. And while he's taking her to these places, he's discoursing on what it feels like to be poor. And he tells her that though she might borrow some of the trappings of a poor person's life, though she might rent some awful apartment and you know, limit herself in terms of food budget, clothing budget, what have you. She'll never know what it feels like to be poor, the young man tells her, because she could always call her dad and her dad would take her away from it. And thus, what really makes being common, common, or being poor, poor, is the inescapability of it. Now, this was the first time I encountered the idea that class or income level was a metaphysical condition. 
And it was also the first time I encountered the idea that any income level north of poverty was less real. The idea that reality itself became intensified the further you got from leisure. Because that's the whole thrust of the song. The song is a kind of romanticization of being poor or being common. It's a bit hard to say. It's interesting that the quote, the Renard proverb, refers to the horror of being bourgeois. Not just the embarrassment of being bourgeois. Horror is related to fear or disgust. And we feel disgust. Disgust is a very particular sort of emotion. It's a very particular sort of feeling. And if you've never thought about disgust before... You might use the word haphazardly, but disgust is a word that's worth knowing and using in its technical sense. Disgust is a feeling we experience when the inside of the body comes out of it. We feel disgust over vomit, urine, blood, sweat, bones. We feel disgust over death. To some extent, because when you die, your soul leaves your body. And thus, death is a kind of ultimate, or prompts a sort of ultimate disgust. So, what is it about being bourgeois that inspires horror in the bourgeois? For some bourgeois people, I think the horror is this fear of being known and understood by people who don't even really know you, people who have just casually observed you. It's a knowledge that other people will clock you as bourgeois and know something about your tastes and preferences and morals and beliefs without ever having spoken a word to you. What, what I mean is that if you see a man pay $100 for a pair of Kenneth Cole lace-ups at Macy's, you know a good bit about what that guy thinks is right and wrong with the world. Whether he's a Democrat or a Republican, if you're the kind of person who pays $100 for a pair of Kenneth Cole shoes at Macy's, there's an awful lot that can be deduced about how you live your life outside that Macy's. That's intimidating. It's, it's kind of scary. It's a feeling that you're not in complete control of the information that other people can perceive your thoughts. And that's embarrassing. We don't want to be that easy to be understood. There's a kind of pleasure a modern man takes in being a little inscrutable. Now, because bourgeois tastes tend to follow bourgeois beliefs, 
bourgeois people are apt to try and cover over their class through subterfuge, really. We don't want to be that easy to understand. We want our ideas to seem like our own. We want our ideas and beliefs to seem well-reasoned, specially deduced. We don't want people to know what we think of justice and injustice simply by how much we're willing to spend on a pair of dress shoes. Now, poor people don't have the ability to cover over their class. And rich people don't have a desire to cover over their class. But middle-class people are caught in the middle with both a desire and a relative ability, so they think, to hide their bourgeois status. Poverty's hard to, hard to hide. Wealth, there's no incentive to hide it. But being middle-class, there are ways that you can kind of cut corners to present yourself as something other than bourgeois. Middle-class people tend to think it's easier to look rich than it actually is. Middle-class people are apt to believe that there really is an affordable skincare regimen that can make you look healthy and young into your 40s. There is a health, a skincare regimen that can make you look like that. It's way more than you can afford, though. There's no cheap way of doing it. There's all these different kinds of ways that bourgeois people try to hide the fact that they're bourgeois. Some hide it by claiming that they're socialists. But given the political temperament of most readers or listeners of this show, I don't think that there's a lot of listeners who are covering over their horror of being bourgeois by claiming sympathy for socialism. But there's, there's another way. There's a way that conservatives try to cover over their fear and their horror of being bourgeois. And it has a lot to do with shopping. Shopping is a unique, fascinating vexation to middle-class people. Middle-class people might shop as much as rich people, but shopping is far more vexing for middle-class people, or a lot of them. I'm not, I'm not pointing any fingers here because everything that I'm saying, I know by way of experience. I've looked for $10 bottles of wine that could pass as 25. And these illustrations are drawn from life. But middle-class people are prone to believe that the right shopping decisions can allow them to escape from being bourgeois. Hence, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Burlington Confederate. All these stores appeal to people who have a horror of being middle class, a horror of being bourgeois. 
And we kind of know this too. There's a, there's a lot of very slippery deception that goes on in stores like TJ Maxx, Burlington Coat Factory, and others, but those come easily to mind. The, the reason why those come to mind is because of the price tags on everything at those stores. Original price, $48. Our price, $6. And thus the promise in that is that, or the allure of that price tag is, you can get something that's better than bourgeois at bourgeois price. You can escape the predictable, inevitable trappings of bourgeois life if you just know where to shop. It sucks being bourgeois, but some of us have figured out how to live like kings on small budgets. So you go to TJ Maxx. You've got to buy a housewarming gift for your friend. And what you want, what you want is a, is a $6 box of chocolates that could pass for a $40 box of chocolates. Or that's what, that's what you say. <laughs> you, you want to believe that this thing exists. You want to believe that there is an honest-to-God $6 box of chocolates that other bourgeois people would look at and think, oh, wow, this is like a $40 box of chocolates. Um, there's no such thing. <laughs> That's a that's a weird game you play with yourself. There's no $40 box of chocolates that cost $6. Does not exist. There are, of course, all these insecurities that bourgeois people have about being bourgeois. And certain things that we can that we read on the label of a $6 box of chocolates that make us think that other people will think that the chocolates are more expensive. Like, from Belgium, right? Maybe even the words imported from Belgium in, you know, gold letters across the front. That's not fooling anybody. TJ Maxx is not your little secret. <laughs> Marshall's is not your little secret. Everybody knows about TJ Maxx. Everybody knows about the desire to come across as an upper-class gift giver on a middle-class budget. Now, I'm, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with an $8 box of chocolates. $8 box of chocolates could be very tasty. I've had some decent chocolate. It came in an $8 box from TJ Maxx. But I know exactly what a TJ Maxx box of chocolates looks like. Now, how it is that we convince ourselves that other people, that how it is that bourgeois people convince themselves that other bourgeois people don't know how much the box of chocolates cost is, is beyond me. Because if you've ever spent any time around rich people, you know they're not like you. When I say rich people, I don't mean... I don't mean a million dollars in the bank. I don't mean five million dollars in assets. When 
I say rich people, I mean somebody who's worth $50 million. If you've ever spent any time around somebody who's worth $50 million, you know there's a kind of weirdness or otherness about them that cannot be imitated. You can't fake it. Like if you watch Downton Abbey, there's some scene, I forget which season, where one of the dowager's grandkids or nieces or whatever says that one of her friends, some doctor friend from London is going to come to Downton for the weekend. And the old dowager says, what's the weekend? And of course, you know, for somebody who lives a life of leisure, what is the weekend? When you don't work? Well, I never work. You can't fake that. You can't, if you're middle class, you can't fake that worldview. You can't fake the rich worldview. And I say this not as a, not as a criticism of people with $50 million in the bank. But they are different to talk to than people making you know, $60,000 a year. There's something strange about them. Not in a bad way, but it's distinct. There's something unfakeable about wealth. Middle class people are tempted to think that there's a way of thinking yourself out of middle class. If you just know where to shop, if you just know what opinions to express about art and music, you can fool others. But you can't. There is a particularity about wealth that can't be borrowed. There's a particularity about the experience of being wealthy that can't be forged. But well-run well companies know how to market middle-class goods as though they were upper-class goods. Well-run companies know what middle-class people think upper-class looks like. That's... That's marketing genius right there. If you know what middle-class people think upper-class looks like, you can make a mint. But again, if you're middle-class, if you've ever been into the home of somebody who was very wealthy, you know there's no crate and barrel sofa in there. Crate and barrel just knows how to make middle-class people think their sofas are more prestigious than they actually are, or that they look more prestigious than they actually are. Crate and Barrel knows how to sell bourgeois people a sofa that will make their bourgeois friends jealous. But Crate and Barrel can't make a sofa for bourgeois people that will make upper-class people jealous. Now, as I said at the beginning, the word bourgeois has many meanings. It can mean middle-class it can mean middle-class people, but it can also mean middle-class people who are afraid of being middle-class. Bourgeois could mean average people, or it could mean average people who are terrified of looking average. Average people who want to be special. Use of the word bourgeois is often attended by a kind of knowing, clever mood, a kind of sneer. I don't think it has to be. And I say this because bourgeois became 
a frequently traded term in Western society at about the point that tradition and ceremony became despised. It's all about 200 years ago, 250 years ago. Bourgeois became a term of derision at around the time that common became a term of derision. And of course, common became a term of derision. Nature became, natural became, an unwanted concept because supernatural had become an unwanted concept. And once you do away with the supernatural, you do away with the natural a week later. And when you do away with the natural, you do away with the common. And you're left with nothing but special. The middle-class man who speaks derisively of the bourgeois thinks that he's outsmarted his own people, seen through the BS. He thinks he's special. But I swear to you, every socialist I've ever met has a nicer house than I do. In the end, Jules Renard's point is that there's really nothing you can do about being bourgeois. So you might as well be thankful for it. There's nothing you can do about being middle class. You can't think your way out of it. You might be able to spend your way out of it and then be poor. But unless you're St. Francis of Assisi, you're probably not going to give it all away. Very few people who hate being bourgeois are willing to spend money to get themselves out of that situation. Oh, I hate being middle class. Give it all away, you'll be something else. Well, don't want to do that. Here's what the book of Proverbs has to say about the middle class. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. But give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. This is a very different account of being in the middle to be common, to be average. It isn't something you can think your way out of. If the book of Proverbs is to be trusted, it's actually something you pray your way into. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.